Welcome to Hiding Place. Is there a home for Audrey, back with our last installment of Hiding Place. In this last one, we're going to take some time to just talk about identity and activism and what your life after the march should look like. In order to do this, I want to rewind back to the 1960s in Queens, New York. Imagine that it's 2 a.m. and a young woman gets off a bus after working as a bartender in the Bronx. As she's walking back to her apartment, a man comes up from behind her and brutally attacks her. He proceeds to stab her, and she screams out, crying for help. But it's midsummer in New York, and in the 1960s, air conditioning wasn't very common, so every window was likely opened. As she screamed for help, the sound of windows shutting could be heard. One man stuck his head out and had a feeble attempt at helping and said, Leave that girl alone, and then shut his window. Finally, the attacker stopped his attack and left. And this woman, Kitty, was left struggling for her life. She crawled on her hands and knees into the foyer of her apartment building, but she couldn't even make it up the stairs. Ten whole minutes passed, and the man came back. He found Kitty lying in the foyer, barely alive, and attacked her again. She cried for help a second time, and a second time no one came. Her attacker left her barely conscious to be discovered later by another tenant, who stayed by her side until an ambulance arrived. Unfortunately, Kitty died before reaching the hospital. There were 37 reported bystanders. Zero did anything to save this woman's life. Zero took action in the face of obvious injustice when they had the power to do so. Kitty's story ended up going national and has attracted the attention of many scholars, students, and people even after her death. And while the stories of Kitty, while the details of stories while the details of Kitty's story have been accounted differently across various sources, there are, diff- there are discrepancies, but the story is still insightful in causing us to wonder what we would have done to help Kitty if we were in New York City that night. I think to myself, what would I have done? Would I have left my apartment, gone to see if she needed help? Or would I have thought, surely someone else will help and close the window? I bring up this story because I think it's a really interesting look into the human psyche. It's very easy to assume that someone else will do something to stop injustice, especially in a place like New York City where there are so many people who would be so clearly affected by that injustice. So I want to relate this back to abortion. Right now, it is 2 a.m. in New York City in our culture. But instead of kitty screaming, it's unborn children and their mothers. So I think most of my life, I probably would have turned over if I heard that screaming and rolled the other way and tried to go back to sleep and ignore it, assuming someone else would do something. But ultimately, it took other, other people who radically did something, who radically tried to stop this injustice, that got me to, to wake from my slumber, to, to, go, to leave my apartment, to go do something to help the unborn. Looking back on the last five or six years of my pro-life activism, I can think of so many specific instances where my yes to 
uh, to the unborn and to their mothers and to this work has literally resulted in someone's life changing. And I've seen countless others through my, my coworkers and the other volunteers who are radically sacrificing their time and their life on behalf of the unborn. I can think of one instance in particular. Um, some friends of mine uh, were doing pro-life outreach uh, down in Florida. And they were there annually. And every single year, there was this woman who would get so upset about them being there. She was very pro-abortion. She had signs um, uh, going against what they were doing, and, and she would yell in their faces. And year after year, she would come. But one year, her friend came up to them and said, my friend, you probably know her. She's here every single year when you guys come. She hates what you guys do. She hates what you guys stand for. But when she was faced with an unplanned pregnancy, she couldn't help but to remember your display. She couldn't help to remember the faces of those victims of abortion that she saw and she thought she couldn't do that to her son or daughter. That child is living now because of my, my friend's yes to that outreach trip in Florida, right? Similarly, even going, I, I've seen countless miracles happen in front of abortion clinics where people are praying faithfully and just, and just said yes to going out and their yes resulted in lives changed and saved. I want to challenge you to not let this be the only pro-life action you take this year. So I'm going to leave you guys with a few action steps that you can take to be active in the pro-life movement. The first one is really easy. Go follow Protect Life Michigan on social media. The handle is just at protectlifemi. I'm going to tell you to do this because it's literally our whole vision, our whole job to provide opportunities for young people, for high school students, college students, and even young professionals to be not just active, but very effective in the pro-life movement. So we have great community, but we're also um, going to be posting on our social media different events, uh, different uh, uh, information about clubs, and even internships that we hold. So go follow our social media. Second thing I want you to do um, is a little bit more difficult. I want you to Find your local pro-life group, whether that be a Protect Life Michigan group at your college or at your high school, or whether that just be a group through your parish. I want you to find that group. And again, like I said, don't just be active. Don't just show up, but try to be effective. Try to even help the group uh, to initiate more activity. Be, be a leader in that group. And then the last thing I want to ask you to do, uh, I mentioned it before, but I want to challenge you to post on social media an image from the March for Life, whether that be a sign you saw that you thought was um, really compelling or just an image of you um, with the hashtag March for Life or whatever it might be. I want to challenge you to, to be bold and to go out of your comfort zone. So these last two, join a group and post on social media. I want you to pick one of those two to do. And then ultimately, you should be talking to your neighbor, try to find an accountability partner. Taylor will tell you more about that in a minute. Um, but the last thing I'm going to leave you with is a quote from William Wilberforce. He said, you may choose to look the other way, but you can never say again that you did not know. Thank you all. It's been a pleasure.